0: Um... Mm-hmm. To episode four of Storying with Bean Squatch. I am Bean Squatch. Um, I will be telling you a tale, and hopefully, some of you out there will be listening. Uh, if you do enjoy this podcast, uh, give us a like, share, comment, review um, on Facebook. Or SoundCloud, also on Twitter. Um, so here we go. The name of this episode is Celestius. Celestius was the first hero of the brood. She had conquered the spinning ways. Her attack on the giant Corinfar was recorded in the archives and would be told to the scuttling generations to come. She brought honor to her broodmates with every new deed, destroying the chemical stockpile of the new giants, felling the swarm commanders of the flying raiders. Celestius will always be remembered as one of the great protectors of the brood. We lament her disappearance and hope that one day she will return to us to lead us into the great dark future. 1. The scream came in the dead of night terrifying in its intensity. Joni jumped from the bed and ran for her son's bedroom. Tyler stood in his crib, scratching at his ear. Mommy, Mommy, inside, something bit me, bit me ear inside. It is okay, sweetie, Mommy's here, Mommy's here, shh, shh, it's okay, calm down and tell Mommy what happened. Tyler's three-year-old eyes were huge and shining with tears and fears. Something bit me inside my ear, Mommy. It hurts, Mommy. He takes a deep, shuddering breath, visibly calming himself as his mother picks him up and begins looking and searching for whatever had dared to bite her son so she could smash the life from it. She sees a small lump on the inside of his ear, but nothing else. Sweetie, Mommy doesn't see anything. I see a bump, but that's all. Did you scratch the bump and maybe it feels like something bit you? No, Mommy. Something bit inside. It hurts. Well, my lovely boy, Mommy doesn't see anything crawling around, so it must have ran away when I came in. She had heard the horror stories about bugs, especially roaches, crawling into a person's ear. If Tyler complained about any discomfort tomorrow, she would have to take him to Dr. Creighton. Does it still hurt? It feels some better now, I guess. Won't you sleep in Mommy's bed? I'm scared now. Mommy's bed. Okay, Joni said, thinking she probably wouldn't be able to sleep otherwise. You can sleep in Mommy's bed, but this can't be a habit, okay? Okay, Mommy, up please. She smiled at his politeness. Okay, my lovely boy. Let's go and try to get some sleep so Mommy can work in the morning. Yes, thanks, Mommy. Joni smiled again. You are very welcome, my polite little man. In the days and months that followed, Joni forgot about the night her son woke up screaming. She had a job that she hated, and a deadbeat ex-husband, for whom helping take care of the life he had helped create, seemed to be in the same vein of fantasy as a person in an iron lung ascending Mount Everest. She got by as best she could on what she made as a cashier at the local Super Mega Box store, her mother was the one saving grace. Joni was able to take Tyler to her mother's free of charge on the nights that she worked. She hated to feel that she was abusing her mother's good nature, but the options for daycare were abysmal. The idea of leaving Tyler with strangers in one of those cesspits had never been something that Joni was in favor of in the first place. Two. Joni pulled into her parents' drive and immediately knew something was wrong. Her father, sitting on the porch with a soft drink bottle half full of tobacco spit, only chewed when he was nervous or upset. He had been outside for a long time judging by the amount of juice in the bottle. He looked at Joni and gave her a worried smile. Don't know about that boy. Doing strange things. What are you talking about? This statement, from someone as normally unflappable as her father, worried her. Can't rightly say. Your mama's ready to start crying. Good that you got here when you did. Joni could see a smidgen of fear mixed with the worry she had first noted. Joni opened the door and saw her mother standing in the doorway to the kitchen staring with panicked wonder at Tyler as he played on the floor. He was playing with a small blanket. As Joni entered, her mother looked at her and indicated silently that she would like to chat with her in the kitchen. Jody started walking towards the kitchen. What are you doing there, little man? Tyler gave no indication that she had heard her speak. She entered the kitchen with a tightness growing in her chest. I don't know what's happening with Tyler. He hasn't spoken much since you dropped him off. Her mother reached with a shaking hand for a glass of tea. Well, why don't you start by telling me what precisely he is doing that has you and Dad so on edge? He, well, it's just her mother took a slow, a long, slow breath. He's been really quiet for the most part. That is part of it. Tyler's normally gabbing a mile a minute from the time that you drop him off. Then after trying to talk to him for a while, I just thought he was having an off day. Everyone has off days, right? So I came into the kitchen to make him some dinner and try to think of something to entertain him with. While I was making Tyler's Peanut Butter and Honey Sandwich, I heard your father come in. Then I I heard your father kind of cry out and start hollering at Tyler to... Get that out of your mouth, young man, and what the hell are you doing? And you know your father. He never cusses in front of children. I ran into the living room asking just what was going on that he would cuss at the kid. I saw your father down on one knee in front of Tyler with his finger in Tyler's mouth and some what I thought was dirt on his hand her mother pauses to take a a sip from her tea glass and another of those long steadying breaths Joni, he'd eaten a roach that he saw crawling across the floor her mother's color had gone from a high red to a green gray tint what are you talking about Tyler has never been one to just eat things he finds, not even as a toddler," Joni said. I know that, Joni, but I saw some of the legs and a piece of the shell on your father's hand and I almost got sick, eyeing Joni with a mix of sympathy and worry. Your father said his teeth looked like he had found more than just the one roach. Joni felt her stomach turn over and her head go swimmy. You were telling me my son was sitting in your den eating bugs from your floor. Is that right? What the hell were you doing in here that took you long enough that he could have a a feast of roaches before you got back in there? She knew her emotions were running high, but she couldn't help it. She was worried and stressed and felt a little like being sick herself. Mom, I'm sorry. I know you wouldn't let Tyler do anything like that. She looked into the den to check on Tyler. He was sitting in the floor, in the same spot. He was still playing with the blanket. He has been acting weird at home recently too. Staring at the ceiling and gathering her thoughts, she said. He's been really quiet lately. He has taken to standing in corners. He acts like he's, he's just observing the world, but the way he is observing it is starting to worry me. What has he been doing, Joanie? What? Why didn't you say anything? I haven't brought it up because I don't want anything to be wrong with my baby. He's all that I have. It's only been in the f- past few days that he seems to have really taken a bad turn. He will stand in the corners for a long time, staring out at the world. But his eyes seem so flat and cold, like it isn't even him anymore. I've never seen a child go that still that didn't have something wrong with them, mentally or emotionally. Has there been anything else? her mother asked, taking Joni's hand in hers and fearing what her daughter might say. He's been climbing things, chairs, beds, shelves, and he never used to climb anything. He has always been such an easy child. He, generally, is the same old t- Tyler smiling and singing, laughing and playing, but in the past few days, the weird things have become more frequent. It feels like I'm losing him, and that cannot happen. They walk back into the living room. They both wipe the tears from their eyes. Tyler looks up, his eyes shining with love and precociousness again. Mommy! Hi, Mommy! I've been playing with Gran and Papa all day, and Gran made me peanut butter, peanut butter and honey like I like and it was fun and I love here and I love you." He breaks into a huge smile. That is the Tyler that Joni knows. Everything spilling out at once and then the big goofy grin at the end because he has said his peace and now it's your turn. The only thing that marred the moment was the small black spot on his lower tooth that could be nothing but the leg from a small insect. Joni felt fresh new horror begin to creep into her life. What is wrong with my lovely boy, she thought. God, don't let there be something wrong. Let this be some phase that ends quickly. 3. Look at him, just sitting there, Tyler's grandmother said to her husband. He doesn't look as if he is feeling anything at all. Oh, he's feeling something, Nora. He may just be trying to understand what it is, Tyler's grandfather replied. They were sitting in their home at the reception after their daughter's funeral. Tyler, just turned 12 last week, looked a little lost, a little helpless, but mostly he looked far away. He appeared to be concentrating deeply on something that was causing him a considerable amount of distress. Nora looked towards the dining room where one of the outside doors had just opened. There, framed by the cool gray drizzle that had been falling all day, stood Patrick, Joni's ex-husband, and Tyler's sometimes father. For the Lord's sake, what in the blue hell is he doing here? Nora heard her husband ask. He may be in mourning too. Mourning my shriveled ass, Probably here to try and see what he can get from Joni's life insurance policy. Ralph, calm down. You need to take a breath. Remember your blood pressure. His face reddening. Nora, I love you, but if you think I'm going to stand by while that low life upsets Tyler, even more, you are positively wrong. Patrick walked in and looked around. He saw his ex-in-laws. He gave them a curt nod and a small smile. Patrick scanned the room until his eyes fell on his son. He had barely seen his son since he and Joni had split up eleven years ago. On the few occasions he had seen, them, seen him, the boy had begun to seem strange, almost alien. As Patrick was getting ready to head over and speak to his son, an old hand, still with the grip of an ex-mill worker, grabbed his upper arm and starting started leading him toward the kitchen. The voice behind the hand was saying, You rotten son of a bitch. What the hell do you think you're doing here? Today of all days, your greasy hide could have shown up to scheme whatever scheme you've got in your head, and you pick the day of my daughter's funeral. Hello, Ralph. How you holding up? Patrick's voice held a hint of amusement. He really had hated this old prick when he and Joanie were together. Of course, by the end, he had hated that bitch as well. I have just come to pay my respects and check on my son, so if you would kindly get your gnarled old claw off my fucking arm, I will carry on doing that." There was a gasp. Patrick turned to see Nora standing a few feet away. My condolences, Nora. I am sorry for your loss. That same hint of amusement as he thought, you interfering old bitch. Why can't you just leave Tyler B., Patrick? You haven't had anything to do with him for most of his life. Why come back now when all you are going to cause is heartache and hard feelings? Dear Nora, I'm surprised at you. Tyler is still my son. I have been trying to get set up so that I could finally do my job as a father, Patrick said, contriving to sound hurt. Don't you dare give us your bullshit crocodile tears after the pain and torment you caused our journey over the years. You should be glad I don't break your goddamn jaw whenever you walked in, Ralph said, remembering the bruises and black eye he had seen on his daughter the day she came home and said she was leaving Patrick for good. Your blood pressure, Ralph, Nora pleaded. That's right, your blood pressure, Ralph. What want your old ticker to blow on the day of your daughter's funeral? Ralph's face went a dangerous shade of red. He finally let go of Patrick's arm. There would be a pattern of bruised dots where that hand had held him, Patrick knew. The look of utter fury and pain on Ralph's face was wholly worth a few bruises, though. Patrick gave Nora a curt nod as she headed off to find her husband. He walked over, stood beside his son. He gave Tyler a moment to register his existence. When there was no reaction forthcoming, Patrick squatted and put his hand on his son's shoulder. Tyler, son, how are you holding up? I know this is a terrible time for you just now. I know what you're going through. I loved her, too, more than I can say. Tyler sat and stared at the hands lying in his lap. They look like dead birds, Patrick thought. He laid his hand on his son's shoulder. Hey, Tyler. You want to talk to me? Helps to talk about these things. Still nothing. There was no movement, no recognition. Tyler didn't so much as flutter an eyelid. Patrick rumped lightly. Son, I know you're having a tough time, but that is no reason to be rude to your father. Now look at me. Tyler just stared at his hands. Patrick's face began to turn red. He started to reach for Tyler's head, as if he intended to jerk his head around. Tyler rotated his head just enough that he was looking at his father and said in a ragged voice, well beyond his twelve years, Father, if you lay your hand on me in anger, I will gnaw your fingers from that hand. Tyler went back to pondering his own hands. Patrick stared at his son, aghast. He wasn't sure if he had just heard what he felt like he had heard or not. His pulse was pounding. No longer furious, Patrick was scared. Scared of this strange little boy. This boy who had just lost his mother. This boy who showed no signs that he had been crying. This boy, Patrick's son, who had just spoken to him in a way that had caused his nuts to shrivel up and crawl inside his stomach and his armpits to start sweating. What the hell? Patrick thought. What the hell just happened? This kid is only twelve, he is my son, he shouldn't talk to me that way. His anger was growing inside him quickly. Patrick made a grab for Tyler's ear and before he could take a hold he felt a crushing, ripping, cutting pain run up his arm. He looked down just as Tyler spit his index and middle finger onto the carpet. The blood soaked in, barely noticed due to the old stained color of the floor. His fingers lay on the carpet looking like two maggots that had grown too big and were burst at the end, leaking their vital fluids onto the brown floor around them. Patrick, in a stunned silence, stared between his former fingers and his son, who had just bitten them off. He couldn't even begin to form a sentence. Whenever Ralph came in and started yelling, What the hell did you just do? What did you try to do to my grandson? You need to get the hell out of here. You he low life. St- and Ralph grabbed him by the arm. And unceremoniously threw him out the door Ralph turned looked at his grandson and was frightened for the first time he looked at Nora and he looked around the room at all of the people that had come to his daughter's funeral and he couldn't think of anything to say so he said the first thing that he thought well that's one way to get rid of the life scumbag in it Ralph walked over to his wife Nora, sweetie We're going to have to adopt him And then we're going to have to get him some help and Nora Looked from her husband To her grandson The two people that she loved most in the world And she was frightened Beyond all reason If there's one good thing about this It's that Jomi Isn't alive To see what's happening to her son. Nora thought she was scared and confused and she really just wanted her grandson to be normal just once. Alright folks, what do you think? That is the first part of the story, Cilicis. Trying a little something different a little little cliffhanger sort of thing. Um, If you like it, let me know. If you don't, let me know that too. Um, And I will have the second part up Sooner rather than later. You've been listening to Story and with Bean Check us out on our Facebook page, our SoundCloud, Twitter. And, and I hope you have a good day.